0: Do you want a getta? Or the perils of dog Instagram and public opinions. Let's begin this week with another song for my dog, Carl Richard Marks, who is currently in his crate chewing on an antler, a favorite toy of his which I mentioned in a previous Carl song a few months ago. As many of you wrote me last time, we all make up songs for our dogs. In this, I am not unique, but I hope you will appreciate this little bop which tries to explore the fundamental disconnect between animals and people. How do we know what they want when they don't have language? A lot of people would disagree with me and say, of course animals have language. They tell us what they want all the time. And I can be persuaded by this, as the song shows. Sometimes Carl can be very clear with what he wants, usually from a small list of options. Stick, water, out, food, hold me. Yes, Carl likes to be held. When he starts to wander the house randomly chewing on the wall, what he is trying to say is, I don't know what to do with myself, so just cuddle me until I fall asleep. It works every time. These are the types of, quote, conversations people and their animals engage in all the time. Co-created agreements on how to live together and take care of each other. However, There is another subset of people who take this a step further and give their dogs a human voice, imagining what that dog would say and sound like were they capable of speech. These are the people of Dog Instagram. Hey y'all, this spring I'm going on tour with my friends Welcome to Night Vale, and I need merchandise help at each show. You get two free tickets, and there's a minimal time commitment pre- and post-show. Please email Aaron at erinmccown.com for more details. Complete tour dates are listed on my website as well. And don't forget to look for other dates that are happening near you this spring. Some new stuff has just gotten put up. Also, this newsletter is evolving into something more robust. So if you are not, please consider upgrading to become a paid subscriber. But it will always remain free. Carl, who just turned five months, is a fox-red Labrador. And yes, he does have an Instagram, which I choose to keep private. Instead of texting family and friends a million pictures of Carl sleeping, Carl carrying a stick, Carl sleeping, Carl eating the wall, Carl sleeping, Carl in a field, Carl with his brother, I post on his Instagram. Initially, Carl's Instagram account followed only one other account, mine, I thought that this was funny, should anyone care to look closely at his profile. As Carl has gotten older and I have more time on my hands, I have gone way deep into Fox Red Labrador Instagram. Carl's account now follows about 150 Fox Reds with a few friends' dogs and one cat. It shouldn't have surprised me that there were hundreds, if not thousands, of Instagram accounts just for this one rare color of labs, but I am still shocked when Instagram serves me more and more fox reds to follow. When I open up the app, I'm greeted by pictures of other fox reds that remind me of when Carl was smaller, and pictures of big, thick adults that give me an idea of Carl's final size, which is slated to be very, very big. I recently listened to a lovely book about a man and his dachshund, so I went deep into dachshund Instagram and reveled in the sausage jokes and persistent tugging. I also reread Where the Red Fern Grows, and of course, there was Redbone Hound Instagram to accompany my literary journey. For the most part, it's been a delight to scroll through pictures of awesome animals. But I've also experienced some disappointment in this world of dog Instagram. Many of the accounts I follow are dog influencers. Yes, this is a thing. Amongst the cute pictures and videos, these accounts are offering discount codes for dog products and always tagging those products in their posts and bios. There's also a very annoying Mobius strip of what I call engagement posts. Post your dog sleeping and tag five friends. Hashtag tongue out Tuesday and tag five friends. At some point, nearly all the accounts I follow are posting or reposting the same 10 stories. There's good dog bingo, bad dog bingo, and holiday-themed posts where dogs, meant to run in fields and kill things, are wearing green bow ties and top hats, or Christmas garlands with little bells. However, the most upsetting thing I've seen on dog Instagram is when dog owners, referred to in various spellings as human, human, mommy, daddy, etc., Write captions as their dogs. This is really a thing. I guess people think it's funny. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's mostly racist, whether people are intending that or not. Almost all of the dogs I see on Instagram speak in a kind of broken English, with poor grammar, spelling, and sentence construction. It mirrors almost exactly the dialect used starting in the 19th century with minstrel shows and continuing on to this day, Whenever people imagine how black people speak, let me be clear, I am not talking about African American vernacular English. I am talking about the vicious parody and stereotype of AAVE that began with minstrel shows. What the fuck you say? Why do you have to ruin something so fun as dog Instagram? Hear me out. I do know what I'm talking about. In case you forgot, I spent my college time studying minstrel shows and their descendants in popular culture. In the classes I teach now, I make a case that all musical theater grows out of the minstrel show. In fact, most American popular culture does. This newsletter is not here to show you the receipts, but they're out there, and I'm not the only one with these opinions. Anyway, I have seen my fair share of quote, Negro dialect, and most dog Instagram falls right into it. Why do people imagine their dogs talk this way? I hardly think most people are thinking, I am going to make good old Fido sound like Tambo and Bones. But when these dialects were created, they were made to remind people that black folks were animals, subhuman, the equivalent of livestock. And now, when we think about how animals talk, consciously or not, these patterns of speech persist. Why don't we imagine that dogs have a better vocabulary than us? Why don't we imagine that they exist on a higher conceptual plane, with access to more complicated concepts of time and space than us lowly humans? Why don't dogs sound like great writers, like Shakespeare or Toni Morrison? Why do we imagine that they could even give a shit about saying anything to us at all? I've tried this opinion out with friends and gotten some interesting feedback and fun dinner table conversations out of it. Some friends agree. Others defend the caption makers because they're not being consciously racist, and, well, a paw on a keyboard is bound to make spelling mistakes. I hear all this, and I still think there's some there there. If you're still with me at this point, let's see how meta we can get at. Another conversation I had with my friend Ron was about my aversion to expressing personal opinions publicly. It's been suggested to me more than a few times that I attempt a career as a columnist, or at least engage more on Twitter as a public intellectual. Like every other human, I have opinions. I get outraged by things. I think other things are stupid. I hate and I love. But I rarely express these things publicly, especially when I think they might be controversial, like saying that most dog Instagram captions are perpetuating racist language tropes. When I think about people as wonderful as Roxane Gay or Nicole Hannah-Jones, writers whom I follow on Twitter who have strong opinions and express them often, I think, I don't have the stomach for the shit that follows if I say how I really feel. I've had friends get canceled. I've gotten caught in the weird ripples of internet approbation. And I've seen the results of calling power to account with honest, open public disclosure and truth-telling it's all important, but maybe it's all not for me. Yet in this conversation with Ron, I asked, if I'm not generating blowback or controversy with my writing, am I even saying anything useful? I tend to think the answer is yes. Conflict and disagreement do not always the most useful culture make. There's much to be said for validation, representation, and symbiosis in public culture. For the most part, that's where I aim this newsletter, especially as it evolves forward. But this observation about dog Instagram has just kept eating at me. It feels potent. It feels interesting. It's just the right combination of absurd and important to keep me chewing on it. So this essay is a toe dip into expressing something that will likely generate some conversation, if not complaint. The internet is very, very not good at thoughtful discussion, so I am wary. Also, telling people they are doing something racist is a bit of a third rail. But on the other hand, what do I have to lose? I want this newsletter to be interesting, readable, and useful. So we shall see, won't we? All right, y'all, that ends the audio portion of uh this month's essay don't forget to check out the linked um version online don't forget to check out the uh me gusta some of my favorite things recommendations and always always shows um are happening so come out and see what kind of music is going on i'm gonna leave y'all with um the uh, a little remix and uh, second half of uh the latest carl song i like it when you tell me what you want thanks y'all I like when you tell me what you need, son, son. I like you when you tell me what you need.